Testament reading for today is actually from the New Testament. <laughs> it is um, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked each other, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Today's second New Testament reading comes from Romans 8. It is verses 14 through 17, and it can be found on page 1133 in your pew Bible. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live again in fear. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, and by him we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. 
Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we also may share in his glory. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Can you all hear me okay? Hello, hello. New microphone today. There we go. Good morning. Good morning. Today's New Testament, or Old Testament reading, actually comes from the New Testament. That's worth repeating, I think. Uh, please join me. Let's, uh, let's pray uh, to the spirit of Pentecost who is here with us now. Please join me. Holy Spirit, holy wind, holy fire that showed up among the first disciples on that first Pentecost that appeared as tongues of fire above their heads that that filled their souls and spirits and gave them speech and sent them outward. Holy Spirit, descend on us now. Anoint me in the preaching of your word. Anoint us in the listening. Remind us again of just how good you are for our own sake and for the sake of this world. In Jesus' name, all God's people pray. Amen. So I, uh, I struggled with a lot of anxiety this week. Um, I've, never, I've never had a panic attack. I still haven't had a panic attack. Uh, but there's something, especially the last few days, I've felt myself just with this growing, ugh, and... Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with preaching. I mean, that's always the case when you preach. It's a lofty, heavy task, or it can feel that way. Uh, and I was processing this and wondering, you know, what is it about this one that feels so big? I don't know if it's Pentecost. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, a, a part of it is I felt like my last sermon went well. I tried a new approach, and then I thought, you know, can I duplicate that? Do I know how to do that? <laughs> And I'm, and I'm wrestling with this text all week. Uh, you know, we've got the two texts, both from the New Testament. Again, the Acts 2, our traditional Pentecost story of when the tongues of fire appeared on disciples. But every day this week, I've, I've also been sitting in this Romans 8 text. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption and so here I am trying to sit in and hear 
God's word of comfort in this text, uh, which is about how the Spirit leads us out of fear, and yet I found myself in this just paralyzing anxiety. I, I wrote, I found myself, this is just literally ripped this out of my journal yesterday afternoon. Lord, I am afraid. I feel in my body, my chest, my stomach. I feel it in my muscles, my throat. It makes it hard to think straight. I feel paralysis. I feel incapable, discouraged. Every part of me wants to run to escape. It's not always that bad, but it gives you a little glimpse into the life of <laughs> the, the preacher sometimes. Uh, and, it, and it helped give me a glimpse into those of you who struggle with chronic anxiety, just how much anxiety sucks. And I'm tempted to use stronger language than that, but there's still some kids in the room, so I won't. But anxiety sucks. Uh, and that paralysis. I found myself, so I'm an Enneagram 9. That might mean something to some of you, not all of you, but it's these nine personality types. I've learned that Enneagram 9s in stress, we want to, uh, we, we fall asleep. We, I take a nap, and I found myself... I literally did this yesterday. I crawl into bed and the, you know, this word, the paralysis of I, I just kind of curl up in the like fetal position. Um, others of you, it's unimaginable. You're stressed. Sleep is the last thing you want to do. But for me, it's this, this clenching inward. And that's the image I, I found myself sitting with is the way that anxiety, that fear causes us to clench our breathing gets restricted, our bodies turn inward, our psyche turns inward on ourselves, and it can be this, this tunnel vision. I, I've been listening to uh, or watching Brene Brown, um, who's great, if you don't know Brene Brown. She's got, uh, if you have HBO Max, uh, this, this video series on her book, Atlas of the Heart, which is about expanding our emotional vocabulary. Um, and she describes anxiety. Uh, she shows the movie clip from the old 1970s uh, Willy Wonka, or is it Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? The book Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, where, where they go from like the Oompa Loompa land into that horrific tunnel, and it's like faster and faster, and, and Willy Wonka's like this like crazy, and the people are just, and she's like, that's what anxiety feels like. Uh, and it turns us inward. It leads to this paralysis. And here I am, again, wrestling with the good news of Pentecost. The good news of what it, how, how God frees us, invites us into life led by the Spirit, not a life of enslavement and fear, but a life of love and joy and peace. And there's a, such a real tension there, Right? For being honest. One of the things that comforts me is that this chapter, Romans 8, comes right after Romans chapter 7, which is where Paul so famously talks about his own ongoing struggle with sin. I do the thing I don't want to do, and I don't do the thing I want to do. And he throws himself back at the mercy of a forgiving God. Oh, Jesus. I felt myself crying that a lot this week. Jesus, Spirit, come. Spirit, come, like we sang today. And I think all of us, if we're being honest, whether you struggle with anxiety and are diagnosed or take medication or not, life in 2022 
gives us lots of cause, temptation for fear. I talked to somebody yesterday who said they, they can't even, they've had to discontinue their M Live feed because the, the news is just overwhelming for them. They felt like they needed a break. And so, just as in Acts chapter 2, that first Pentecost, the people who witnessed the miracle of Pentecost were asking, what does this mean? We are still in 2022 asking this question as believers, what does Pentecost mean? What does Pentecost reveal to us about who our God is and what this God is like. And what does it mean for us to be a Pentecost people in a world so full of fear? What does it mean for us to be led by a spirit who casts out fear even when our own hearts still feel chained in fear? Jen, uh, Jen said a little bit earlier in the service, in, in God's greeting, this is such a beautiful moment of the Spirit comes to us even when we're still afraid. Spirit comes to us even when we're still afraid. And we saw in the waters of baptism and in these words of all this Christ has done for you, little one, though you know nothing of it yet. Right? Christ comes to us first. God first loves us. This is the good news of the gospel and even the good news of Pentecost. That the Spirit shows up in this unexpected way to a people who may or may not have still been terrified. Uh, uh, the disciples who, who never really quite got their act together. And in the miracle of uh, what God does. God transforms their clenched hearts and breaks them open. That's the, the, this image I keep having of this is who God is. This is what the Spirit does in us. God transforms us from an inward clenching to an outward openness. What does Pentecost tell us about who God is? I wrote this, that Jesus is not a Lord who controls through fear. Rather, the Spirit of Christ woos us into freedom through love. We are set free by love to love. Jen and I were, were talking about this. I was still feeling quite anxious this morning, and Jen and I were having coffee on our porch earlier this morning. And my uh, ever-wise wife, uh, she said to me, Tony, just love the people. Love the people. And she writes that, I don't know if you know this, on the top of every one of her sermons, love the people. It's this way of, uh, of allowing the Spirit to, to draw us out of that inward clenching that insecure space, to look up long enough to see the faces of those we love and to say, oh yeah, I love these people. 
There's a waiting in that, an expectancy, an openness, just as there was in the first Pentecost as the disciples prayed and waited for 10 days. There's an openness to God's Spirit drawing us out of ourselves into concern for the other. And what begins to happen for me when I see your faces in my anxiety, when I show up on Sunday mornings and I see Jane and Chris and Tim and Barb and all of you, I feel the Spirit beginning to point me outward, to set me free through love. We are set free by love for love. And that necessarily, I think, comes out of an awareness that we are first loved, that we are God's beloved. I really believe this, that we can only love to the extent that we believe that we are first loved. And so to live out of an identity as God's beloved. Our passage, Romans 8, puts it this way, right after that line about fear. The spirit you received brought about your adoption, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God, and co-heirs with Christ. You see that fear and the work of the Spirit to lead us out of fear, to open us, to, to, to free us into the ministry of reconciliation, the revolution that began at Pentecost that continues today. It begins in the knowledge of our own identity as children of God, as beloved ones. I found myself... Uh, Thinking yesterday, so we, we had soccer and, you know, we were about 15 minutes late for the kids' <laughs> soccer game, which I would like to say is an anomaly, but uh, let's be honest here. We're not good at time management, uh, especially me. And so we're, you know, we're in the van in the park in uh, J.C. McKay Park, and the game started at 9. It's probably like 10, 15 minutes after 9, and we're, kids don't have their soccer cleats on, so we're like, come on, hurry, hurry, hurry. And uh, little Hazel, our six-year-old Hazel, uh, who read scripture last week, uh, she, she's struggling to, like, get her cleats on, and she's got her soccer gear, and she just looks so cute. She's got her little ponytail. And she just, like, her shoulders slumped over, and she just started crying. She was just tired, and she was sick of being, like, told, hurry, 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 and she just, like, and her little lip stuck out, and she just, <laughs> and I just, all I could do, all I wanted to do was just hold her while she cried. Uh, don't get me wrong, she can be a stinker. She can, <laughs> there, there's times I feel angry, or I feel disappointment, or I feel like, why must you kids choose the hard way? Uh, 
But there was something in that moment, as, again, as I've been sitting on this text and thinking about our, this idea of crying, Abba, Father, that gave me insight into the heart of God as father or God as mother, God as parent. Um, all I wanted to do was hold her. Not even to, to fix, necessarily, her crying, but to let her cry, to be with her in that moment. And it was just this glimpse into this is God's heart towards us. And to be sure, we can be stinkers. <laughs> we can, in the way humans will treat one another, anger God, because God loves all people, and God loves God's creation, and God gets angry when we wrong one another and God's beloved creation. God can get frustrated with us that we sometimes just insist on choosing the hard way. But at the end of the day, God just wants to hold us. To allow us to cry, sometimes without even rushing to fix our problems. I love in this passage, it ends with an allusion to our suffering if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. There's no illusion that the Christian life is without suffering. But the God of Pentecost is a God who is with us, who lives in us. This is the good news of the gospel. One, one last image I'll end with. Uh, I love Henry Nouwen, and I figure, you know, it's Pride Month, uh, we can, it's fitting for me to quote a, a gay priest. Uh, Henry Nouwen, again, another guy, if you don't know Henry Nouwen, uh, read all of his books, because they're just fantastic. But he's got a book uh, called uh, The Prodigal Son, and there's these three parts, he talks about these three it's a reflection on the, the painting of the prodigal son and in the section on identifying as the son in this painting. He talks about his vocation. For him, it's as a priest, as an academic, as a writer. But I think this applies to all of us. He says, my calling is to, to like the son in this painting whose, whose head is pressed to the chest of the father, you know, the parable of the the prodigal son, and when he returns in the father's full embrace, he says, my vocation is to press my ear deep into the bosom of the father, to listen for his heartbeat, to listen and become aware of his love for me, and then out of that place, to, to go and to love others. Friends, this is our vocation. This is the heart of the God we worship. This is the invitation of the God we worship. To know that we are loved, to remember our baptism, to remember that this is the God who now lives in us, not just for our own sake, but for the sake of the world. Please pray with me.
God, you are so good. And life at times can be so hard. Holy Spirit, teach us to wait on you. You, O oh God, who move, moves like the wind. You who are unpredictable in your ways. You who cannot be controlled. Lord, teach us to wait on the movement of your Spirit. And come, come holy fire, come holy wind for each of us, Lord. Meet us where we are at. Bring your comfort, bring your healing. Help our bodies to unclench. Help us in our relationships to unclench Open us and send us into this world telling of the wonder of who you are. In Jesus' name, all God's people pray.